0: More than often, I have people come to me asking this question, Doc, what can I do to get my stuff together? Well, actually, some of you don't say it that way. They say other things that uh, I really don't want to repeat on the air. But what I do want to talk to you about today is your life. The reason that you are even here is because there is something so wonderful about you that no one else can make it happen but you. And being honest, that's why you were created. I look back at all of the things that I have um, had the pleasure to accomplish in my life thus far, and not one of those things, and dear one, I do mean not one of those things, was easy. As a matter of fact, I, I trying to create, attempting to make things manifest, I just constantly found myself doing everything. I, I mean, you name it, I did it. I sat there and thought of, oh, let me read so I would go and buy all these books about manifestation. I would buy all of these books about uh, the laws of attraction, effective prayer, how to uh, get an answer from God. You, I mean, you name it, I found a book on it. Well, I'm going to be real honest. I learned a whole lot of stuff, and a lot of the stuff that I learned had to do with things that were almost just so so simple. That they fell in that that arena of being too good to be true if you 're like most people you 've done the exact same thing I am willing to bet that if you tuned into this program right now one of the main reasons you tuned in is because you're seeking answers and you are by the time this show is over uh, this is part one of a two part program so you 're going to want to get both sides of it but by the time this program is over, there's going to be a lot of aha moments. There's going to be a lot of time where you sit back and realize that, you know, I am a hell of a lot closer to this thing that I've been seeking than I thought. The issue is this. In America, we live in this drive-through mindset. You know, we think everything is microwavable. Nobody wants a life that requires effort. And that requires sacrifice and struggle and conviction. I learned that um, in so many ways. You know, I, the last week, and, and I do want to thank you guys for reaching out to my family, to my daughter Desanya, and to Oliver. Uh, you know, uh, I guess it was over a week ago now. My granddaughter uh, Zoe was lived to be one day. My daughter was in the hospital for like four weeks, uh, not four weeks, or more eight weeks, trying to keep baby, in, and she came early, and lo and behold, you know, she lived 24 hours and didn't make it, and that that amongst uh, many other things inspired me to do this program because I had to ask myself, I'm like, God, you know, why would you have... My daughter, and she's not the only one. Some of you that are listening have lost children or had miscarriages and what have you. But I asked God, I was like, "Man, what is up with this situation that you put my daughter in? Why would you allow someone to go into uh uh to the happiness of my, of being being an expectant parent and?" Take her through, especially having had a miscarriage in June of last year. take her through such an uh, a roller coaster ride for lack of a better description over this period of time, only to have this manifestation uh, not be what it was capable of being or not take place well, the more I looked at it i I was just really you know there you know at first I was going to Um, officiate and say a few words at my granddaughter's services. And while preparing what I was going to say, I examined my own life. The question came to me, what if I only had 24 hours here? What would I do? What would I be? Where would I go? Who would I talk to? What would I value? I mean, 24 hours. And and the more that we looked at this, the more apparent that it came to me. Life is, in essence, an experience in contrast. I remember associating that with my father's death. Uh, My father died years ago, and I recall walking up the hall. You know, if you've ever been around an older person that's about to expire, they go through these stages, and one of the stages, the old people called it the rattles, where they really are having a hard time breathing, and what's happening the trachea is closing up, you know, and opening up, so it makes this really uh, a sound that you will never forget. And I remember walking out of the bedroom at my mom's and dad's house and walking up the hall, by the time I gathered myself and sat down, Mother walked up the hall, and she said, your father is gone. Now, at that point, I rushed back in the room and started trying to do CPR and all of this stuff. And my, aunt I remember my, you know how you had that weird aunt that's not cool any other damn time except that time? Okay, that was that aunt. And she said it. She just watched me, you know, try to resuscitate a man that obviously could not be resuscitated. And I thought about the events of that day. I thought about when I called my frat brother, and I was like, look, Luke, dad's dying. Can you come by? Is there something you could do? And he didn't show up. So I am pissed at him. You know, I mean, I was really upset with this guy. And then, I, you know, off and on all day, I'm watching this process, and it dawned on me when Mother walked up that hall that 74 years of a man's life came to a quick end in the time it took for her to basically look at him, take a breath, and walk up a hall and talk to me. That sets us up for today. You know, my granddaughter, my father, when I look at both of those lives, the one thing that was apparent to me is that whether you are here for one day or for 74 years, when your clock says time up, homie, it is over. You are no longer part of the process. As a matter of fact, well, yes, you are. That's a lie. We'll talk about that next week. You are still part of the process. But what is going on in our lives is that something so magnificent, something so wonderful now has revealed itself to us, and that is the intimacy of the moment. What I mean by that is simply this. Most of us lose sight of manifestation because we are not aware of the moment. We um, have an elementary understanding of cause and effect relationships. We have a childlike grasp on the concept of manifestation, and because we are so, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, we are so lost in this, we do not really see what it is that we are missing or why we are missing it. And because we don't see it, because we're not aware of it, what happens is we miss the opportunity to fully appreciate or participate in what is going on in our lives. Now, let me slow that down. Many things that we want, and if you're like most people, you want a whole lot of stuff. I mean, you've got a, a child Santa Claus-looking list of what you want. Most people, I, and I'm going to name some things, and if I hit your button, you don't have to do anything but look straight ahead. And for those of you that are at work, you know, just play like that. Somebody said something and you got, you went, mm-hmm. But here's the truth. Most of you want to be wealthy. That's number one. Most, And you probably do want to be wealthy, yes, I'm talking to you. The other thing is you want relief from financial duress. You don't like the fact that you looked in your bank account today and there are could have been a minus sign present, or worse, that you have scant funds and you have uh, little boy dollars and big boy problems. Uh, Another thing that could be wrong is you want to help and do things for other people, but you cannot do anything for anyone else because you need some help yourself. Many other people, they want love. And we will do some of the craziest stuff In order to get that love, we want somebody to just simply treat us the way that we treat other people. We want someone to extol us. We want someone to caress us. We want to be embraced. We really, more than anything else, want someone to say to us, you know what, I appreciate you. Flaws and all. We want somebody to let us know that we matter. We want to be missed. We want someone to put us first. We want someone to concern themselves with our well-being. As a matter of fact, we want someone's undivided attention bestowed upon us. But let me tell you something. If you were to get someone's undivided attention 24-7, if someone can consistently met your need, if someone made you feel that you were all that in a bag of chips as well as the dip, then a couple of things you must ask yourself, and you can apply this also to money. Where would your relationship with divinity fit into the equation if you had everything that I just mentioned? Now, I'm not even going to touch on the fact that some of you want things that are very legitimate, like better health. You don't even want something for yourself. You want your mama to feel better. You want your daddy to be better. You want your child to be better. You want your brother or sister to not be in jail. Well, you know, some of the asses probably should be in jail, but the ones that shouldn't, you want them set free. There's some people out here that want just to get a job so they can take care of their own lives. They don't want to be rich. They don't want to be powerful, but they do want to be independent, and they don't want to ask anybody for anything. All of these, things that you want if you have them right now question is what would that do with the most important part of why you came to this planet and that's the experience the contrast now i you hear me using this term contrast but let me break that down if you any of you that have a television set Go to it and look into settings, go to the settings menu, and then go to picture, and turn the contrast all the way down. And what you will see is that it becomes you can't see anything. You can't distinguish one line from another. You can't uh, separate colors. You can't even determine what that image is if you see an image at all. And that's why we experience the contrast in life is so that we can perceive things in a more accurate way. Perception, for many of us, is reality, but that reality is often ill-perceived. The reason for it is because we are looking at life and circumstances through the wrong lenses, and that gets us to our show today. Why is it that some of us are so out of touch, we are so disconnected from experiencing the very things that we want in life? And I'm going to give you the why to that answer. The why gets really simple. When you look at your life and you go back and assess, where am I? Which is that's step one if you are writing and taking notes. Ask yourself, where am I right now? Where am I? What does that mean to you? Well, for those of you that... A bit confused about where you are today. Let's start in, in looking at some simple aspects of life. Your present circumstances. This they're serving a purpose. The Socrates made a comment. He said, "The unexamined life is a life that is not worth living," and that is so true. You do not really start living your life until for many of us, we are almost about to check out. I've watched many a man or a woman come to my office, and these people range in age from, you know, their early 20s to some, uh, the oldest person I guess I've had my, for a client's been in their late 70s. And they've all asked the question, like, Doc, you know, I don't get it. And I will always say, you don't get it. what? You know, and I, they will tell me, Doc. I just don't understand why my life is the way it is right now. I've, uh, for some people, they're on one end of the continuum. They have worked their lives off. They have amassed—I mean, literally—a fortune, and they are married to some immature, money-grabbing. What are you going to do for me, individual, be it a male or female? Because I'm not—I'm not here to. Uh, create discord between races, genders, and people's belief systems. But just being honest with you, some of us have attached ourselves to folk and to situations and even substances. you know, behaviors. I mean, there, some of us are addicted to things that don't even have anything to do with a drug. You know, I've got, uh, I've had everyone in my office from someone who was suffering and addicted to chronic masturbation, all the way to someone that was addicted to crack, to someone that was, uh, they weren't addicted to anything, but their spouse was addicted to money and spending. And then I've had people in here that are, are just whole living in the past to the extent that no matter how good the future and the present is, they cannot enjoy it because they are ill attached. moments that have long gone by and they are attached to misery and suffering and they will not let go of people And, and as a result these people that we have allowed, these circumstances these situations that we continually recycle in our day in and day out lives you right where you are right now so it's real simple if you the uh, if you don't start by first examining where you are the the rest of this program and the one on Sunday is going to go right over your head so let's ask ourselves where am I right now? There's a description for where you are, and typically it is i'm and um it it really can be real simple if we're going to use the contrast model but i'm I'm going to add a little paint to it, but the simple thing is. Are you where you're supposed to be? Or are you somewhere where you know doggone well that it's not where you want to be? You know damn well you don't want to be where you are. Is that the case? So let's, let's look at that. Are you where you want to be as it relates to the person that you are right now? Now, somebody's probably going, what, what does that mean? Real simple. Are you? able to feel good and could you tell your mom and daddy or whoever it is that that you want to be proud of you could you really look at them and say you know this is really who I am you know gay people are always saying coming out of a closet but i'm i'm going to say this a lot of uh, straight people are you in the closet do you have some issues and i don't mean in your sexuality you know, so a little freaky mind can get back to another page. But are you really able to be open about who you really are behind closed doors? I know that many of us talk and, and we want to share all of these things about everybody else. We We don't mind gossiping and telling someone else's business. But the question is, are you... Where you are right now, are you able to really share all of you with anyone? Even if the reasons why you don't want to share yourself with someone, they may be a bit foolish. What I mean by that is simply this. If your money's funny, are you able to be transparent about that? Can you really say, you know, my credit is so bad I can't buy a Mosquito, a pair of socks? I mean, really, uh, are you able to say, no, I'm not okay, being really honest, I'm heartbroken or I'm depressed, are you really able to say that, okay, I'm not doing as well, I lied about what I do on my job, you know, I said that I was the senior tax accountant and really I'm a clerk. I mean, whatever the hell it is that you have done, Can you be open and honest about where you are right now? Well, when I was creating this program, the words realization and accomplishment and success and happiness triggered many a thought. Those are the very things that we figure if I just buy this particular watch it will, yeah, I said it. You know, there's some folks out there dumb enough to think that if they put on a watch, a Rolex, that that is going to affirm them. And then other people feel like, well, if I just, you know, you got a decent car. I mean, it ain't blowing, you're not killing mosquitoes when you crank it up. But, you know, will me driving a Mercedes or a Jag or a Bentley, is maybe maybe that's going to give me the satisfaction the bring me to a state of realization, and uh, it's going to make me feel better about who and what I am. It's going to make me happy, so to speak. You know, what floats your boat? Think people. I even have had people creepy. if I just get a black man or a white girlfriend, or if I make a certain amount of money, then then I'm going to be happy, I'm going to feel success, I'll have a sense of accomplishment, I'll have a sense of realization. And then for someone else as well, if I just get a few more initials behind my name, maybe if I do that, then I'll be happy, then I will maximize my potential, then I will find myself, then I will fit into the clique, then they will accept me. Then I can come home like a brave with the bear on my back or, you know, the deer meat that I just slaughtered and I'm feeding the village now because I'm driving this car because I'm you know, I need to be married. Maybe if I just get married, you know, if I if someone if I can just tell my the people at my high school reunion, this is my husband and Maybe if I can come back to my hometown and show everybody I made it because they saw me on TV. Folks, let me tell you something. There is not, and I am going to put in bold print and underline the word not. One thing that you can do that will bring happiness and fulfillment to your life. Did you hear that? There is not one thing that you can own. You cannot own enough cars and enough uh, clothing and enough jewelry. You cannot have enough initials behind your name. You cannot visit enough countries and move to the right zip code in order to feel fulfillment. If you believe that, I got a -- I, I want to sell you something, I want to sell you a star. You know, There are times in our lives that we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we really are trying to get that represents what we feel we deserve? Isn't that something to think about? You find yourself sitting in your office, and you remember when you didn't have a job, but now that you have a job, but sitting in an office, you don't even like your office, it's too small. Or you remember when... You uh, you you wanted to move and have your own place to stay. And now that you're there, you know, folks have to step over stuff to just walk through your house. So you remember when you wanted a car, you're riding a bus, you're riding a subway, whatever, you're riding a mule or whatever the hell you were riding. And you got a vehicle finally, but how do you keep it? Do you take care of it? Well, why is why in the hell is there a Taco Bell wrapper in the back seat, I man? And it's only you. Who the hell was in the back seat? You know. But you now your back seat is trash. Or do you remember when you wanted to have a business and how do you treat your customers? You were ready to open that salon up, and now you're complaining because you got too many customers that day. And when you didn't have enough customers, you were complaining. You finally finished medical school. You got that job, and your ass is always broke. Wait a minute. I thought that if I got blank, it would make me happy. You wanted a ring on your finger, and you figured when I just meet this man or this woman, and now i got a fiancé, and I, I, we've set a wedding date, now I surely should be happy. But you're still not fulfilled. And many of you, I call it walking around in a state of bliss, you're walking around right now, everything's fine, you got it going on, you know, you got it going on, everything in your life is just just so suchy much, but are you manifesting anything significant? Have you changed or transformed anybody's life? other than your own? As a matter of fact, if we had to assess the potential of what is going on with you and and what is going on in and about you, what could you say? Could you honestly admit that your life is lacking the full meaning that you really deserve? Could you really honestly admit it? that you are doing something that is just a step beyond surviving. Because if you cannot admit that, here's what's happening in your life. Nothing. You are living a lie. If you still at this moment are worried about anything, and I'm not saying that's not normal. Matter of fact, I'm going to be really honest with you. Yours truly Every damn week, okay, I'm lying again. Let me start lying to you all. About once a day, maybe once every 48 hours, okay, I'm lying again. Maybe frequently off and on during the course of my day, I have something scroll across my mind like the teleprompter on CNN showing those stocks with something that I'm going, oh, damn, I forgot about that. How am I going to do this? Well, that's part of the reason that you are not manifesting in full your potential. That's part of the reason you're not receiving all these wonderful and beautiful things that God has for you, taking it a step further. That's also a big part of the reason that your life is falling short of the mark that it was destined to be. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Um, I'm going to play something by – I've got a friend named Stephen Drayton. He's got a really cool movie coming out uh, in the next few weeks, I guess maybe a couple of months away. And there's this wonderful woman that – Miss Melba Moore – that has is going to be in that film with uh, Rodney Perry and a few other folks, but she has a uh, uh, some new product out and it's called What Can I Do to Survive? We're going to take a couple of minutes check out Melva and we're going to be back because I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. B. Yvonne Young, and we'll be right back. The very things that God wants you to have. Now, I set us up in that conversation earlier because I wanted to point out some things to you. I wanted first for you to come in contact with an awareness that all of the things you feel really matter in life. They may be significant, but they, they're really not all that important. As a matter of fact, the things that are most important are the things we tend to overlook, and that is the value of experiencing the moment. I used this term contrast earlier. Um, you know, It's been really cool. Over the past few years, I've been watching everybody become a spirit junkie, as a matter of fact, Uh, Even agnostics now are acknowledging that, okay, maybe there is something else here. Maybe there is God. You know, uh, Max Planck, the father of modern physics, you know, said that there is definitely some matter out there. And even when they started doing super colliders and trying to smash and split the atom and they broke it down to the photonic level, they called that the God particle. Duh! Really? Anyway, so the point I'm making is this: there is a collective consciousness that we all are part of. Now, imagine this: you are a being of light, and for some of y'all, you know that. And put the weed in the liquor down, and we, we. I need you to be sober and sane when I say this. For some of you guys. This is going to be really a stretch for you, but that's okay. You know, I, we already know that little itty-bitty bus picked you up when you was in school, so it's nothing new. We won't share that information with soul. But today I want you to play like that you actually know what I'm talking about. When you were established, did you know that happened prior to you ever being in your mother's womb? What do I mean by that? All right, let's go there. We are beings of energy. We are. If you look at the human uh, body and you look at its physiology, if you take away electrical impulse, we cease to be anything but a bunch of tissue. And And that is true. Think about it. If you see somebody that falls out, what's the first thing they do? They defibrillate them after, if CPR doesn't work and they're still laying there turning blue, purple, real black or whatever, You know, the minute that that takes place, you see somebody get that defibrillator. For those of you that don't know what that is, they electrocute your butt when you fall out. They take these two paddles and put it on your chest, and you see it on TV in the movies. They say, clear, and, you know, and they do this thing to reanimate the life force in a person. So that just pretty much, for all of you doubters, that just proved I'm not making this up. Second thing is in your brain, and no matter how stupid or smart you are, your brain, well, um, some people's brain, probably you can't see much evidence of activity in them, but let's play like we can. There is this thing called the electrochemical gradient, and there is there's something called an action potential that takes place in your brain. If any of you went uh, to college, you're already familiar with a nerve and an action potential and depolarization. But long story short, when you think a thought, That's right, when you think an electrical chemical reaction takes place in your brain. Matter of fact, there is no part of you that is not affected by the fact that you are energy. And we can actually see this energy on you using different mechanisms. A functional MRI is one. We can see it uh, by just taking a picture and seeing auras around you of the energy or the life force that surrounds you. And no two people are the same. Not one of us, which leads me to what I want you to hear. The fact that you are listening to this show right now, it is not an accident. The power of your thoughts and the energy that empowers those thoughts is the essence of the being who you really are. The the body you're walking around in, sisters, I don't care how fine you are, brother, I don't care how many weights you lift, You are basically just waxing and overwaxing and polishing a car. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take care of your health. I did not say that. And for some of y'all, I'm begging you, please, please go to the gym. There's a gym. We're wearing them tight-ass pants when you build funny. But the, the point I'm making is that the essence of who you are is a being of light. Now, let's take this a step deeper. Uh, you've heard me and many other of my contemporaries, such as Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, uh, Louise Hay, Abraham, and Esther Higgs. You've heard us all preach this to you. T.D. Jakes, everyone preaches this to you. You are a spirit that is in a body. You have a soul. What is soul? No, I'm not talking about James Brown, the godfather of soul. of know That's not what I mean. What I'm talking about, and I'm not talking about chitlins, which is soul food. I'm not talking about that. That's a nasty mess, ain't it? But that's not what I'm talking about either. What I mean by that is this. There is a place where your brain, that piece of tissue between your ears, houses all of these thoughts and it houses it in its entirety some people say that memory was associated with the hippocampus some people say that cognitive uh, alert conscious thought is all in the frontal lobe well, let me be honest with you your whole brain is involved in you thinking and what happens is your brain connects to this spiritual part of you But it cannot be a spirit because if it does become totally spiritual, you no longer have use for your body. Even though some of you are walking around here thinking you are so heavenly bound, but I'm here to tell you, you are no earthly good. Because at the end of the day, if you have blood flowing through your veins and a heartbeat, you are pretty much stuck in this dimension. And because of that, you naturally have a yearning to go beyond your flesh and what you believe you can do, what you want people to see in you. You do not want anyone if you if you be honest I was saying earlier about validation and if I just have this car and if I just have this watch and if I just make this amount of money and okay fine whatever. The truth be told if we transcend your childish desires The truth of you, the essence of you, wants everyone to see you for the being of light that you naturally are. That's why it hurts your feelings when people don't see the best in you. That's why you get mad at yourself when you do some stupid you-know-what and wonder, why in the hell did I just do that? Well, here's why. As you attempt to manifest your potential you step further and further away from being this being of energy, this being of light that you are. Because what you want to do is you want the intangible to be made manifest through tangibility. Homie, it will never happen. And I'm going to show you something. Everything that you have, everything that you create, the minute that you think it and speak it, it comes into existence at some level. Uh, example, you know that little funny-looking boy or girl that you had? That Okay, that started out. You were looking at somebody thinking about, you know, pulling your drawers off or whatever, and they were thinking the same thing. Next thing you know, you guys inadvertently created life will give you another example, the car you're driving, the place where you live. That was in somebody's mind. There is not one thing on this planet that is not the sort, that did not come from things that were not seen. So the first thing is you create everything in your life by having the ability to envision it. Now, what's going on with many of you is you've created a bunch of crap as you've gotten older and an attempt to validate for who you're not and who you want to be and thinking it will make you happy. The other side of it is God put in your head a template for everything that you are to be and that you are to create and manifest in this life. Now, where do we get into the problem? Here's where we get into the problem. The first thing is, and if you remember the first step I said, look at where you are, you know, where am I? And I don't mean just physically where you are. I mean mentally where you are, emotionally where you are, relatedly meaning the relationships you have where you are, the way that you perceive life. You remember I used that term about perception and reality. For many people, is their perception. So we looked at where we are, and then after we look at where we are, we look at, okay, what is it that we have in this environment that is sustaining, nurturing, and satisfying us? What is it that is catalyzing our beliefs, because beliefs become our truth, because a, a, a belief is nothing but a bunch of truths that you've held on to. That's why what you can believe can be anything but truth, and that's why you can believe the truth despite how many things to the contrary are present, saying that what you believe isn't true. Now, here's the thing that I want you to hit, and we're going to get into this and really pick this up on Sunday show. There are several, and I do mean several, important steps that you have to take if you are ever going to manifest everything in your life. Now, when you were looking at the description of this show, I kept using the word secret. And, no, I'm not pitching the doggone movie The Secret. As a matter of fact, I think that movie's really cool. I think it left out a lot of stuff. That's why I wrote my last book, Another Chance, Where Would You Be Without One? And you can only get that book at the Dr. D. Yvonne Young website. So we purposely have not made it available, though in the next few weeks it will be available for download for your Nook, Kindle, iPad, what have you. But the, at, at this stage of the game, I am not putting that out, and for several reasons. One, this what I'm sharing with you is not for everybody. The reason why you're going to learn what you're learning today and what you're going to learn Sunday is because Your spirit led you to this. It is not a coincidence that you're listening to my voice right now. It is not a coincidence that you're having to tell your brain to shut the hell up because part of your brain is like, man, keep listening, and the other part of your brain is like, do I want pimento cheese on my sandwich? I mean, there's a war that is ongoing between you and your flesh and your spirit, and the way that you are going to get what you're supposed to get out of life is your spirit is going to overcome your flesh, and you are going to start attracting Positive outcomes. Now, here's the catch. You really aren't going to attract anything. These outcomes are already right in your face. There are several important steps. And and let me say this. In order to powerfully manifest your desires, you must, this is the big one, folks, you have no choice. It is a mandate. You must see Beyond your physical sight Now let me give you an example Many of your manifestations Happened right Before your Before your ability came To reach out and touch Feel, smell, hear, taste them Now I'm going to give you some examples of that I want you to just If you have a pen and paper Go get one, go ahead I'm going to give you a second Okay, that was more than a second. If you don't have a pen and paper, uh, switch your phone to notepad mode or whatever. Okay, here we go. Write down the last three goals you had in life. Now, for some of you, it may not be reflected as a goal. It may be a set of circumstances that you had to overcome, but just write that down real quick. Okay, okay. Now, as you wrote that down, two things happened. One, you were given an opportunity to see how significant time is and that if it has manifested or you did overcome it, isn't it funny how it seemed like it took forever to go to college and get that degree, it took forever to get this job, it took forever to get purchase that car or move in this apartment, or whatever it is your goal was, you know. For some of y'all it was go get a bag of hair. But whatever it was, whatever the goal was, you you thought about it before you did it. Now, here's the next step. If you can write down the date And if you don't have an exact date, write down in a descriptive form where you were in life at that point. For some of you, you were sitting up watching that TV commercial. You know that commercial, hey, you're looking at TV. You could be in school. Get off your butt. You're sitting on the couch playing with a playstation. You know that TV with the brother that comes on. And he was right. You were just letting time cash your butt by while you did not maximize your moment. So this goal that you're looking at on that paper is your first lesson that, and confirmation as a matter of fact, that anything that you have been given a vision toward of or for you can achieve it. Now, I'm going to give you some examples because for some of y'all that just really haven't had a life, and if that's you, it's all it's all good. Because if you're breathing, I'm going to give you the good news. It is never too late to get, in, get your stuff together. Never. Anybody that tells you you're too old to do some slap the hell out of them, no, you're not. It is never too late. But I'm going to give you an example of mine. I'm sitting uh, now, and I'm looking at, some things that are in my office in Houston, Texas. And I have all of these certifications and diplomas and all this crap in my office. Well, it's not crap stuff I work my ass out to get. And when I look at it, I can remember wanting to do it. And I remember going online and figuring out, okay, where can I get this stuff? You know, like I went to University of Houston. And I did pre-med there, and when I started writing books and getting a little bit of fame or notoriety or what have you, I really went on this quest, man, and that's why I'm talking to you because I want to prove to you I am not the only one that can do what I have done. I was thinking, okay, I would like to see myself be, have a, a doctorate one day, and I envision myself teaching Leaders from around the world and working with pro athletes and helping and broken people. Now, now here's the catch, okay? Here's the catch, and we're going to go real deep in this on Sunday, but I'm just going to set this up for Sunday. And, and I remember one day I was uh, reading one of Wayne Dyer's books. I think it was Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra's books, and it said something about b imagine yourself and pretend to be, and let me stop right now and get some of y'all out there. Don't be running around here faking and shaking, you know, faking it till you make it and all that. That is not what I'm talking about. But one day, in a quiet way, I was walking around U of H's campus, and I was seeing myself as I walked as Dr. Young, and I envisioned myself just being able to eat what I wanted to eat. Cause then I was so broke, child, it was ridiculous. But I, you know, I envisioned that it wasn't a Chick Fil A sandwich; it was actually some with a plate and a knife, right? And I envisioned myself wearing tailor-made clothes and having on the watch. Now, now, here's what I just, what I'm saying. Earlier, when I made mention that, you know, uh, if you think these things are gonna make you happy, that ain't where I'm going. Cause yes. Thank you, God, George Russell. I am blessed to wear tailor-made clothes, and I'm blessed to wear very nice watches, all that junk. Yeah, but that ain't what got me here. What got me here was I wanted to change people's lives, and this is like that thing where when I went from saying where am I and, you know, what floats your boat? Is it this car you want, this guy you want? And you realize that none of that crap matters. What matters is the significance of the moment. And going back to what I see on my wall and what you wrote on your, what you just wrote down, because we're saying the same story and we're setting up the same premise, because to be honest, the laws of attraction work the same way for everybody. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say this, and it sounds like I'm cracking a corny joke. I had a guy come tell me, this idiot told me, he said, uh, Dr. Young, he said, man, I was, looking at all that blank on Oprah and looking at uh, you, and I saw you on CNN and all that. I'm like, okay, okay, what's the point? He said, well, uh, the more that I, I just don't believe the laws of attraction work. And I said, really? I said, well, what is it about them that you don't believe they work? Well, the more I think about it, the less I believe it. And I said, dummy, that's exactly what you're doing. The, the more you think about not believing something, the easier it is for you not to believe it. It's kind of like prejudice. The more that I think about bigotry, the easier it is for me to become a bigot. That'll make sense to some of y'all later. But, but so going further, when I looked at this thing with the law of attraction, I looked at and as you look at your paper, stop and think about three aspects. You whatever it was you did imagine, didn't it happen? Yes, it did. Because you just wrote it down. The other thing is stop and think about what happened along the way. If it's a degree, maybe it's getting a vehicle, maybe it was getting somebody you thought you wanted, hopefully you still want them, you know. But, but bottom line is there was some things that came in with that, wasn't it? Part of it is you had to overcome some things. Another part of it is time, because of time, you became much wiser about what you wanted because you couldn't just run up there and go get The car you had to ride around in your hoopty, and as you rode around in your hoopty, then you realize, well, you know, this isn't so. It isn't. It's not what I thought. You know, it's it's okay. Well, yeah, I got to get the car, but I got to get insurance. And okay, well, even though I have the car and even though I got the car note, I I'll be damned. I don't enjoy riding down to wherever the park, Galveston, see a relative. In other words, (laughs) you were experiencing the contrast associated with you having manifestation. Why am I telling you that? Because some of you right now are wanting and waiting on things you have been praying about. You and God knows you're listening to a guy that knows where where this statement's about to come from. God showed you that he was going to let you have something. But it seems every step you take toward having it, you get further away from it instead of closer to it. Embrace that. And here's why. You know, when you look at these things that aren't issued to paper, were you really, and, and just ask yourself and think about what I'm going to say for a minute, were you really ready to have them before they manifested themselves? No. And you were not really ready to have these things before they manifested themselves. And the reason being is you either weren't financially able to sustain it. So, yeah, you wanted a car, but you couldn't afford the insurance. You didn't have a place to park it. And for some of y'all, and I'm not saying you can't have a Mercedes Benz and live in an apartment. But what I am saying is everything in your damn apartment should be paid for before you go buy a Mercedes-Benz, right? I mean, let's, let's not put the cart before the horse. And you had to learn that things come with a certain order. You also had to learn that before you could walk and say, yes, I have my MBA, something about you needed to change, like you needed to become more mature. You needed to become more aware. You needed to understand the correlation between what you're studying and how it plays out in the real world. So somebody said, yeah, you may know how to name all your surgical instruments, but we can't put you in the surgical room yet until you've done some practical uh, practicum. You know what I'm saying? And when you do that practicum, that's sounded country as hell when I say practical. I know I said that wrong. I meant practicum. But until you do your practicum, until you do an externship, these things that you are seeking, if you get them before you complete certain steps, will you keep them held to them all? You won't. So that is a huge factor in you looking at this piece of paper. And here's your homework before Sunday's show. Because Sunday's show, I am going to get so deep, it's going to run about an hour and 15 minutes, may even go an hour and 30 but we're going to – here's your homework. I want you to look at the three things that you wrote down, and it could be a combination of things you overcame or things you wanted or just all things you wanted or just all things you overcame. You And I want you to write down what were the circumstances that led you to have the desire for it You know, did you want a car because you were sick of the bus and because you were sick of walking and riding a bike? Did you want a career change or that job because you knew that as hard as you worked and as loyal as you were, someone would appreciate you more than these idiots you work with and for, so that's what made you change and end up with the job you are ready to leave now? You know, but, but let's go and measure that, okay? What were the circumstances that led you into what you wanted, okay? Second thing is what was the process? Now, here's what I mean by that. What were the steps you had to take? And what did those steps, moreover, not only just what were the steps you had to take, what did those steps do for you? You know, what did you learn from taking those very steps, okay? And then the last thing, when you finally ended up with the object of your desire whatever it is or solving the issue of the circumstances did it come out of nowhere where you looked up and you're like damn okay i'm getting ready to graduate or you know what man i thought my credit score was still 300 now it's actually 650 i can buy something you know what i mean but let's just stop and think did you are you not aware that after the preparation and after the sacrifice, when it was time for manifestation, it seemingly almost came out of nowhere, or it happened in all in one day. And then here's the biggest piece, and we're gonna talk about this Sunday. After you got what you wanted, mm-hmm. did your life really change totally, or were you just put in a position to take another step? That's deep. Now I know the We all know the answer to that, right? But I really want you to work through this because on Sunday's show, we're going to talk about spotting, surrendering. We're going to talk about how to effectively use prayer and how to really get God to hear you because he always hears you. But the thing is, is you want to know that he heard you, right? Come on, be honest, okay? So you really want to know that, and we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about going from, wanting and desiring and perceiving to manifesting because all of those things are your key steps and if i have to do a third show that's cool because uh wrapping up the month of april we're talking about restoration and resurrection and the the month of may is going to be really off the chain now last thing i want to tell you uh i want to thank everyone for participating in our social media contest that will be coming to an end this weekend if you haven't gone on to um, to D. Yvonne Young on Facebook, that's D. Ivan for you country folk that don't know Yvonne can be pronounced another way. Uh, it's D. Ivan Young on Facebook. When you go there, make sure that you comment. Well, first, you can comment all you want, but if you haven't entered the contest, whoopee, you're not going to have anything to show for it. But we want you to just, on that page, uh, it's, on, it's uh, Dr. D. Yvonne Young on Facebook. You will see where it says, enter for a chance to win. And click it. It'll take you right there. You don't have to do any typing, man. You could, be, you could actually tell your, your, your monkey or your dog or your bird to do this. You just peck and hit the button. And it says, sign up using Facebook just, or Twitter or whatever it is you use. Just click. You don't even have to type anything. But you do have to do this to increase your chances to win. You've got to comment and like stuff and share it. Because being honest, it ain't about the contest, man. Help some people with what you've been through. Help some folks with what you know. And how will we get help if you don't share what you've learned? And for some of you, your ass is crazy. Don't don't share anything. Just, you know, enter the contest. Don't, don't do no sharing because you need Jesus. When you know who you are. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. But I do want you to participate in this contest. Here are some of the prizes. One is a couples uh, five week session. It includes the MBTI for both people. It includes several diagnostic tests, free. It includes five weeks, free. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. We can see you in my office or via Skype. That's free, and it goes on for five weeks, and it will really, really, really pull a marriage or an engagement or a cohabitive relationship out of, the, out of dire straits and get it back on track if you do the work. Or it can be what you need to know to realize, okay, you know what, I love you, but, you know, the season is up. So either way, you can move forward with your life. Then the next prize is a one-on-one session where it's just you and me, and we're going to sit down and, as you know, I am uh, one of seven African American men in the world that is a master MBTI pr- credential, master practitioner. Uh, I'm also a certified professional coach. I'm also certified in neurolinguistics, so, uh, and I have a PhD in holistic coaching. So there's going to all of that is at your disposal, and I will meet with you. We will set up a plan. Get some, get the stinking thinking under wraps and get your life right on track where it needs to be. In case, uh, and here's another prize. We're going to do some webinars like Oprah's Life class where a select group of people will be uh, online. We will look at each other, monitor to monitor, on Google Hangout. Hello, Google. Thank you for participating with us. And we will be doing some real deep soul-searching topics on life, love, relationships, finding your soulmate, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, beyond that, we have a self-help stuff where you would get CDs, autographed books, uh, just, man, a plethora of stuff. The worst thing you could get is uh Master, I think it's a Visa or MasterCard gift card. So you can at least go buy yourself some more hair or some more panties or something. But And either way, you will be blessed. So with all of that stuff said, uh, don't miss the show. Don't forget to uh, tune in. And on Sunday, whatever you do, uh be there with us and listen because this this entire thing, everything we do on this program is about you. with that said, you've been listening to conversations with Dr. D Yvonne Young. we love you, and we are going to just fade out on Melbourne more. What can I do to survive? I love you these you Sunday.